Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome in, everybody. Oh, we're recording. This is uh, this is kicking it, and we uh, it's it's 2024. We're gonna do things a little bit differently. We're gonna take it seriously, as you can tell by the intensity of this intro. We're extremely dedicated. Grant Mahoney, how was your New Year? Uh, it was good, man. You weren't here. Um, I thought I broke my nose getting ready for New Year's Eve. As doing I doing what? As I was getting ready to shower. Um, not to give a visual to the fans, but I was dropping trowel next to my bed as my dog was jumping up onto our bed that he's not supposed to be on. Okay. Conked heads. And I don't know if you can see, I got bruised. That's a, that's a war wound, man. I, I broke my nose in high school, so I thought I broke it again. And like I was looking in the mirror, I was like, I was like, oh shit. My wife was like, I was like, oh shit. My nose is flat. My wife's like, your nose was already flat. Like, <laughs> your nose it's, is not. It's like, not any it's different. It's really swollen. And I heard a crack, but I put my finger on my nose and I didn't feel any, didn't see any blood. And I was like, I think I'm actually fine. Yeah, it's okay. I thought you were going to say like you were dropping trowel. You just went like down into the countertop. Like you just put like no. pants, hands, hands and pants down and just countertop. Yeah, no. It's that, totally car- cartoon style. <laughs> <injury. laughs> just, um, no, friendly, friendly fire from the doggo. Uh, he's, he's a good boy, though. He is. He felt bad. He went into his room. We call his, his kennel his room. He yeah. went into his room. He knew he did something bad. Yeah, that's always, that hurts. That hurts your heart. You know, yeah, when they, like, they like look at you and they're like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do this. I accidentally knocked something down. It's yeah. noisy and the tail's tucked underneath. Yeah, he was. And he, you know, he, he let out a quick whimper and then just was gone. He, he could tell that he hurt me and I was upset, but. I mean, you shouldn't have hit him. I shouldn't have kicked him. I was shook. Shouldn't have kicked him afterwards. No, I did not kick him. I gave him nothing but smooches and cuddles. No. Uh, well, after that, thank you to Kelderman Manufacturing. I don't know how there's a better intro to. Kelderman Manufacturing, Kelderman.com. We are starting the new year, as always. Uh, if you are in the agriculture business or heavy machinery, or you just have a truck and you want to get cool stuff on it, Kelderman.com. Uh, they're going to have a bunch of different stuff for you. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Iowa State's bowl game with Memphis, a little bit about college football kind of generally. Um, and next week, we're going to start into college basketball a lot heavier with hopefully, can we officially like confirm like that, uh, that we're going to have some some super guest next week. Um, I'm reaching out to him. Confirming. T- confirming tomorrow, Wednesday, the third. Um, Fran is doing the Iowa, Iowa state Houston game on, on Tuesday. Tuesday. So, so we're trying to get him Monday. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to come into town on Monday night. The goal, and he already agreed to do it. We just have to, you know, nail down logistics, make sure everything's going to be okay. But Fran Fischilla hopefully will be on the show next week. Uh, that'll be just a special edition. We're just talking, uh, Iowa state basketball next week with Fran Fischilla. Uh, but so we're going to talk about football today, kind of looking back at the season at the bowl game in the future of what we need to do and then talk, kind of talk other things generally about college football. So um, 
it, we're gonna we spend a lot of time talking about the game itself and sort of like what the offseason checklist is on fart so go listen to that it came out yesterday yes aiden so it came out yesterday so if you want to kind of go more deep divey into that um but you didn't get the chance to express this on a on a scale of zero to ten with ten being sucker punch to the balls in in out of nowhere how much bs was the fake neil who am i sucker punching in the balls no is if you were to get sucker punched in the balls oh yeah i mean it was, it was a major bush league call um and iowa state had all the momentum at that point until they did that i'd give it a solid nine one like, Not, yeah like that's i mean you, you can't get much lower than that say for actually punching someone in the balls if they actually punch somebody in the balls that yeah, would be I mean, I would not have been surprised if, you know, if Dom Orange and they snapped and did he to the center. He's right in the nuts. Yeah, um, come check. Now, and we talked about, again, we, we spent a, like a solid 10 minutes like ranting on this. At least I did. But to recap, for those that either don't want to go back and listen to it, which is fine, or uh, for those that haven't, you get told by the referees to lay off on a kneel down. And, 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 and they'll say it during the play. Ease up, ease up, ease up. Yeah, they're literally like, they'll, they'll ask the center or the quarterback, are you taking a knee? And if you answer yes or in the affirmative, then they will tell the defense that we're taking a knee, ease up. Because all they're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to prevent, like, because honestly, if, if you're taking a knee, especially at the end of a game or at the end of a half, one of the common things that you can try and do is, like, have a defensive lineman waiting with their hand almost up to, like, try and slap it. So as soon as the quarter or the center, like, moves the ball, they can, like, dive and try and slap the ball out of the center's hand. Like, when you're in desperation mode, you know, there's... 30 seconds left in the Super Bowl. You got no timeouts left. They're going to take a knee. Like, what else do I got to lose? That's the kind of stuff they're going to try and do. But especially at the end of a half, they're going to say, hey, ease up. Like, the odds of that succeeding are next to nothing. And the odds of you hurting somebody by diving and trying to slap the ball or, like, trying to blow the center into the quarterback so the center fumbles the ball and whatever. Did, did you ever, like, when you were in high school, did you ever, like, not play the game, but have anybody, like, tabletop or, like, yeah, so, yeah. someone's tabletop behind them and they push uh-huh. them over yeah that's essentially what could happen and yeah people and, could get hurt and they're trying to you know that that's really the only way that you can make that happen and so in a quarterback kneel they tell the defense lay off don't rush don't play defense because they're taking a knee when that happens there is sort of an unwritten rule that you actually effing do it so when you don't you're telling the defense to not play defense and then you still get to play offense so Again, I understand that people are like, oh, do anything to win the game. But now you're a team next year playing Memphis and you've got film on the fact that they're going to do a fake knee at the end of the half. Are you going to lay off when the referee tells you to lay off? I would not. I would not either. So now every game next year, teams are going to light up Memphis's center guards and quarterback while they're taking a knee because they elected to run a fake knee in a bowl game, which again, fine, it worked, I get it. And this is not sour grapes, because whatever, you lost the game, they were down 19-0, they were probably gonna lose the game anyway. This is just that particular play was just super BS, like just a super BS play. I thought that, you know, it was a major BS play and I thought it would have lit a fire under Iowa State and they would have come out and- I did too. Did something and then you come first play. Three now. Shocker, no yards to rush. Three and out, punt, same shit, different toilet. Uh, so same, same toilet, actually. It was the same toilet. Yeah, yeah it was all the toilets in Just Memphis. Fl- yeah, flush that toilet. Uh, Brian Ferentz. But, <laughs> boy, 
talk about just randomly like getting shut out in your last two games i mean that is a way to that is a way to go out uh, f- <laughs> there's the duck keep the time keep the time stamp uh there are children listening grant duck okay them. they'll learn that word eventually uh you guys see they didn't score in like the last i want to say it was 102 games 70 minutes of football or something like that that was played that's impressive it was something crazy like that. It's really last impressive. score was probably a defensive or special team score, for being honest. It's really impressive. Uh, but anyway, the uh, yeah, the game itself. I mean, what were your thoughts on the game? And also, like, your thoughts on the game itself, and then also what that your thoughts carrying out of the game into next year are. I mean, I, I don't blame Memphis for chucking it deep. I think Iowa State was susceptible to that all year. I'm surprised more teams o- didn't, didn't Oklahoma, do that. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I'm surprised more teams didn't do that, um, you know, because Iowa State is so focused on stopping the run, which leaves them susceptible to deep balls. And when Verdon is out, um, and and Tampa, you know, that's the the backup guys. No disrespect to them; they're not as good, not mm-hmm. as good as, as Verdon and, and, and Tampa. So I don't I don't blame them. You know, it it looked like Memphis really wanted to win the game. Um, you know, they've never won a Liberty Bowl before. Um, I think it's kind of BS that a home team. You know, a team in your home stadium can play in that bowl game. You know, s- small gri- grand scribe. I've got a later one. Grants, later. Baby gripes? Yeah, I've got a grand scribe later on if you want to hear about it. Baby gripes. Um, but they came out, and, you know, props to them. They, they had a, an interim defensive coordinator that switched up everything. You know, this was essentially their audition, if you will, for, hey, if we go 11-1, 10-2, AAC next year, we can compete with power five teams, put us in the, in the, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's, they said that's their goal next year is to get to the playoffs because one G five team is guaranteed to be is in. guaranteed to be there. Yeah. So they, sure. I, I, I think that's how they, they approach the game was we're going to do everything we can to, to beat Iowa state. Yeah. It's a, you know, Iowa state's a power five team. And before the year, you know, fans might have thought Iowa state shouldn't have been there, you know, just because lost five, the five starters, all the freshmen, all the new coaches, um, whatever else it might be, but they were, and they were playing good ball and big 12 team beat them. Uh, what do you, does that change? Does the game change your expectation for next year? No. Yeah. Uh, why, why do you say that with such certainty? Because we, Iowa state returns 20 starters first and foremost, this year was the first year with a new offensive coordinator who is also the new quarterback coach, a new running back coach, a new offensive lineman, which we'll talk about, uh, offensive lineman's coach, which we'll talk about the O-line in a minute. Um, it was also we also had a new um, D back coach and special teams coach. So there's a lot of in strength coach. There's a lot of first time, first year coaches there. Um, that you know, guys are still kind of adjusting, still kind of getting used to it. And next year, I just I just feel like I I said it from like podcast one you or did. two. What what was your prediction for this year? Said six and six or seven and five. Man, that's true. And the next year is ten and two. Next year is ten and two. That's you called it. I'm I'm excited to see. I mean, your your first right get week one or year one down. Year two, are we going to be there? I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully. You know, you know what's also funny. Like I'm, I should I should buy a, a Powerball or lottery ticket. One of my kind of side tangent, but one of my um, old math teachers in high school, who's also our basketball coach, like AAU coach, growing up, coached us through eighth eighth grade, whatever. Was he a Bohannon? No, mm. his last name was Gas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, G A S S. Larry Gass, great guy. Um, stop that. Um, he 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 was a math teacher, so he's all about statistics and like like uh, you know A B C D. Give us your give me your results. And so he he would ask questions like um, versus Michigan. He put up 
put up a, a post that said, how many points will Iowa score? What like, you know, zero to three, mm-hmm. three to seven, whatever it was. And then it was like zero. And I was the only person of like 40 people put zero. He goes, I wonder why he put zero. They scored zero. It's because you're right. He did the same thing for the Tennessee game. What, what's the outcome going to be? Is Iowa going to win by seven or less, seven or more, Tennessee by seven or less, seven or more? I was the only person that said seven or more. He's like, I wonder why. That's because you're right. Yeah, because their offense they stink. Okay, that's enough talk about Iowa. Um, the other thing that I kind, of, kind of was interesting is when you're looking at the game itself, uh, I think there was a lot of guys that were rotating in that other that normally wouldn't exist, like wouldn't be playing just because of whether it's injuries. And you got to see like guys like uh, Ben Nagoyi get to get some run. Bouncy Benny, man, he's our next NFL guy. I mean, there's a lot of NFL guys that are like already. He's one of one of the one of it. Yeah, yeah. Like he's there's a lot of NFL guys that are he, he, already on the he roster. He is one of the NFL guys waiting in the wing who has not gotten his chance to shine it. That's and he will better. Yeah, that's better qualification. Um, and I so when you're getting to look at that, like I think that's how watching a bowl game, you of course want to win because duh, and you also want to see the not the team not come out flat because duh, but and they kind of did both. They came out flat and they lost, which is not fun. But looking at the rest of what was going on and saying, what are the pieces that we normally haven't got to see? Well, that's kind of cool. And then sort of taking stock of who you're going to have to replace. And one of those people that you're going to have to replace is Chase Contreras. We had a, uh, a fan, a fan uh, asked, write in a question. Aiden, what was the, uh, the, the fan question? From known superfan Connor Ferguson, who was the best kicker in Iowa State history, and where does Chase Contreras rank? First is Grant Mahoney. Correct. That's That's Naturally. False. That's false. Based on 57-yard field goals, Grant Mahoney's number one. Dude's out here just dropping dong on 57 yards. <laughs> um, so Chase Contreras, for the year, he was 21 of 26. And I don't think those numbers accurately reflect just how good he is. Because I think three or four of those were bad snaps. Correct. Bad snaps or bad holds. Correct. I would I would go back and look at them and, yeah, like bad snap where it's high, missed spots. Um it's it's a three person operation. Only one person's getting the stats. Um, I would say that only one for sure, maybe two. I would put on Contreras for missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was, I mean, the dude's got unlimited range. I, I'm telling you, I, I think he's going to play on on Sundays. He is his form is so consistent, and he's got a, a big leg. The dude would would miss a kick, come back and make it. That's huge to have you know that that mental toughness as a kicker. Um, where does he rank though? Tough question because it's a small sample size. You I know, mean, I, I mean, I played with him, but Cole Netton is, I mean, his first, like a freshman, sophomore year, like he was a little spotty, but like by the time he got to be a junior, senior year, I think he only missed one kick. He was like 27 for 28 or something like that his senior year. I mean, that, t- it feels like Cole. Cole should Cole be in there. Is the, only in the, ca- is, the only caveat is that Cole did not have a strong, like a, a, a huge think, howitzer leg. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure Cole would have been good from 56 like Contreras had but this, consistently this I mean oh yeah real I mean, good oh yeah I mean let me look that up real quick here um I mean Cole yeah when, when, I, when I think of accuracy I think Cole I think Cole Netton um but as far as like just overall just and admittedly like what's kind of hard is that there uh, there's not a lot of like excellent back like there, there's no like NFL like Morton Anderson didn't go to Iowa State so to me it feels like Colbertson and Tony Yelk are in like, as far as like the previous generation of kickers, which is like before we got there. And then you have to think that Cole Netton plus uh, 
Contreras, and then I mean Andrew Mevis. Andrew Mevis. Andrew Mevis. I put him in that conversation. In single season. So Mevis said like he might be the most talented leg to ever come through Iowa State because he was the punter, he kickoff was, guy, and yes. field goals. If he was a four year guy, you know his mm-hmm. jersey in the rafters. Mevis, yeah, Mevis would be. Yeah, you would you would hang his jersey in the metaphorical rafters. Yeah. But I feel like he's. I mean, Contreras has got to be like top three to five, like minimum. For sure, minimum top three to five, just because the consistency. I mean, how many how many times? especially with the young offense, you just talk about the importance of having a really solid kicker. See, you you have a young offense and you could tell Rocco, hey, you get it inside the 35-yard line, we got points, we're good. You get it to 35, we're good. Don't take a chance. Don't feel like you have to force anything. And it's not like you like explicitly tell them that. But especially like last year, you have, I mean, no offense to again, Jace Gilbert, but he, you missed three in a row from like 37 yards or 45 yards or whatever it is. And you then as an offense start to feel like you can't turn it over to the kicker. You've got to, this third and eight. I have to convert it. I can't throw this out of bounds. I can't, you know, force the ball into pressure because I got to convert this because we're going to miss and we're going to miss out on points on this next down. But having a guy who's so reliable from really, I mean, 37, 38 yard line, which is be what a 55 yard kick. If you get the 38 yard line, you got points. It's more or less the attitude you yeah. can have, which made that young offense substantially more comfortable, which flipped them from being the worst red zone team in the Big 12 to being the best red zone team in the Big 12. They were 100% of scoring in Big 12 play from in the being in the red zone. That that also allows your offense to take more shots and, and play a little more aggressively, knowing that you know if we're on the 32 yard line here and it's Chuck went up to Higgins. Yeah, it's third and seven. Let's let's maybe go for one or you know, maybe not try to run just a seven yard route. Let's yeah, see, let's, it's, let's it's, try and, depending on obviously like you know the circumstance of the game if we're down if they're down, you know, twenty, you probably don't want to do that. But yeah, I think that gives, you know, the the yeah, vote of confidence. As far as Andrew Beavis though, uh, his stats are way more impressive than I thought. So he was uh, at Iowa State, he was twenty of twenty three, his only three misses. He was eight of eleven from forty to forty nine. He attempted thirteen kicks from forty yards or further. He was two for two from fifty plus, long of fifty four. Um, perfect on extra points. I, w- I would put Mevis, yeah, I would put Mevis as um, statistically. I would have, I would have, if he had been here for four years, I think Mevis would have been the best kicker that Iowa State's had. Um, his one year is maybe the most impressive kick, most impressive, Again, all, and also punted and also did kickoffs. Yes, which that is. So for those who don't know, punting and kicking are two different leg motions. So kicking is it's, l- it's like putting and driving within golf. Yeah, like it it's putting that your, different. Putting your, yeah, putting your, you know, want to keep your arms basically straight. Whereas driver, you're just you know you're you're trying to rotate a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. and so pu- punting is is more of a straight line motion where you're just coming coming straight up and down. Um, whereas kicking, you know, I I always thought of when you're kicking it, you want to kind of swing your leg up and over that left upright. If you're a you know a, a right foot kicker, left foot kicker, up and over the right upright. Um, so it's different, different kicks. It's also you're hitting the ball in different parts of your foot. As a punt, you're hitting on, on the top of your foot, almost on the outside. Um, a field goal, you're hitting it like a soccer pass, kind of on the inside. You got a big bone um, on the kind of inside top part of your foot. And then for a kickoff, you're going to roll your foot over and hit more on the top part of your foot and get your quad more involved. So three different kicking motions, three different spots in your foot you're going to hit. Mevis was just an absolute stud at all of them too. So thank you for... Um, the question, uh, Connor, su- Connor, su- Connor, super fan, Connor Ferguson, who allegedly when he was like 12 years old, would just talk mad shit about me when I was out there. So honestly, I, that, uh, that wouldn't surprise me. I've forgiven him. Some, some dude sent me a Facebook message one time. Um, I remember his name is Mike Sester. So if you're listening, Mike, 
people don't forget. <laughs> I, I hope someone pisses in your Cheerios. That's what he said to me. That's oh, that's rude. Well, I responded back were, to him. Were joke you still time. on the team? Yeah. Okay. Um, that, was, that was last week. That was just <laughs> yeah. Some guy just doesn't like you. Yeah. I, I took the last like spot at Quick Trip. You know, he I couldn't fill my gas. No. Um. He said to me, and I said, you know, I said jokes on you, bitch. I don't eat Cheerios. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Get your weight up, bitch. Um. Can I do my grand scribes? Yeah, you can absolutely do your grand scribes because there's not a lot of juice to squeeze off that game. Uh, the uh, I can talk. I mean, I got notes, man. I got. I got so many notes. Yeah, I, I, I take notes while I'm okay. watching the game. Grand scribes. Grand scribes. So, um. My wife and I, we bought a new house uh, a few months ago and um, beautiful home. Just we're just updating some things on it. Um, we replaced a window uh, over the weekend and we were told that the that the contractors would be there between 8 and 10 a.m. on Friday morning. I was like, OK, great. I, was like, I got time to get in the shower, get ready. Guess what time they show up? Seven o'clock. Seven thirty. Mm. Seven thirty. That's not between eight thirty and or eight and ten. But my, my main gripe is that window is OK. A two-hour window is, is fine. Okay. My main gripe is when, like, uh, if you're getting internet installed or whatever, just moving into the home, whatever it might be, and they're like, oh, you, you've got a window from eight to five, or they're going to be there, and they don't call you like a half hour before. And then you have to be there. And you if have to be. If, if you're not there, then they reschedule. And if you don't, yeah, if you don't, if you don't work from home, like, what are you supposed to do? Take the day off and just twiddle your thumbs? Yes. So that's my gripe is, is contractors or the, that people in that type of service says, Oh, be between eight and five. And then we don't call you a half hour before. Cause if you give a half hour call before you could, you could probably leave wherever you, if you work in the Metro, you can probably leave and get home in a half hour. If there, what if there's somebody that's listening to this right now who is on their way to a call who it's not their responsibility. It's like the, the office's responsibility to make the call and uh, they're going to get the flip side of Grant's gripes where it's not their It's not their bad. What do you have to say about that person? Huh? Talking trash about the, the hardworking laborers? Make the call anyways. You got a phone. The, the blue-collared Americans. The blue-collared Americans. That's right. You hate America? You kicked your dog today. I did not kick my dog. You asshole. I mean, okay, what else do you got on the, on the Memphis game? Because I think that's, to me, I don't know. It, 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 was not, it was not great, but it's never as good as it seems. It's never as bad as it seems. They ran the ball like ass, but Memphis sold out to stop the run, so Rocco could throw for 450 yards. So if you're going to let someone throw for 450 yards, like you can't be, you can't be all that mad when you run for zero yards. If you throw for 450 yards versus if they threw for 200 and ran for zero, that becomes a problem. Or if they're not able to move the ball or there's clearly an attempt that they just keep trying to run it regardless. But I think probably in the second half, they probably only had, they had less than what half a dozen, maybe eight rushing attempts. And they Mm -hmm. just threw the ball the rest of the time. So like, the running game, not ideal, but like not to make excuses for everybody, but it's a new scheme because a new defensive coordinator, you know, whatever. Uh, they hadn't seen it. The The attention of the defense was to play up as fast as they possibly could. Cut off any short passes, cut off the run. Play in the first seven yards of the field. And if you can play in the first seven yards of the field, you stop this the offense. It did for the first like three or four drives because Iowa State was trying to run RPOs, quick game, get the ball to Bramer, get the ball to Jalen Knoll. Like you're trying to get it out quickly, run, run the ball. And then pretty soon they realize like, Oh, this is what Memphis is trying to do. They're trying to play inside of seven yards. All right, well, let's just throw it behind that. And then they did and did again and again and again and again, had they known that ahead of time, then Memphis would have had to get out of that sooner. So like, that's where, you know, new coach, new scheme. It sounds like an excuse. Yes. You need to be able to recognize that as soon as possible. And it would be nice if you didn't get down 19 to nothing before you did that, but they kind of did recognize it. They just 
ran out of steam by the time ran out of time by the time they ended up recovering. I I think, and this is just me spitballing here. I think that they, you know, it's interim defensive coordinator. I think that they put in a new playbook that was just solely around. This maybe stupid to say, just solely around stopping us, and they're going to scrap that. And, and that you know, wouldn't be surprising next, at all because Jeff Myers played for Campbell for four years, coached under him for four or five years. He knows his philosophy, so I'm sure Campbell's like, okay, they're going to want. Or Campbell Myers is like, okay, they're going to want to. Uh, you know, RPO, they're going to do pop, you know, whatever it might be. I'm sure Myers is like, this is a philosophy that, that Campbell has. So if we can stop this, then okay. And then, yeah, maybe they, they saw that, you know, Iowa State saw that, you know, you know, basically scrap what we have and just, just play backyard football. And I guess I had a question for you. If, if you, this, this is, this is me. I haven't played, I haven't played video games in a long time, but when I would play video games, if I had a guy that was just like a burner and that was just absolutely torching people, I would go to him all game. Can't mm-hmm. stop him. I'm going to go to it. They couldn't stop Higgins. He had like 215 yards. Mm-hmm. Why not continue to go after him? We just ran out of time. We just ran out of time. I mean, at a certain point, you start saying, okay, somebody else has to beat us, which they did. And also then they're getting pressure on the quarterback. They're, you're not able to get like, I mean, at some point, he, you also only have a certain number of routes that he can run before they start sitting on all those routes. Like somebody else has to make, you know, somebody else has to make a difference in the play. Unless the team is so stubborn like CD lamb. When they play the lions, the lions ended up playing a lot of man coverage a lot. And even when they, when he torched them, they kept playing man coverage. Well, if you're going to keep playing man coverage, there's an unlimited amount of routes that you can run, but Memphis wasn't playing man. They were playing different zones. So you can only hit that so many times before they go, let's take away this hook curl area and let's make sure he doesn't throw it here. And then you got to find somewhere else to go. So I don't know. They, they started getting the tight ends involved, started getting other receivers involved. So like, I don't know. Yes, I would, can like to go to Higgins, but I think they just they just ran out of they just ran out of time. Rocco's out there cooking though, man. Yeah. It's gonna be exciting to see what they do next year. And and again, we talked about it on Fart, but like the things that I would like to see the offense do is fit the run game to the running backs and the offensive line together. So like what does the offensive line do really well? What does the running what do the running backs do really well? Make sure that we can match those two things. But if Sama and Hansen read zone better and offensive line blocks gap scheme better or blocks outside zone better. Well, well, let's start doing that and just do the things that make those two things match. And then the second thing with the offense is make sure that you can communicate and you can change pace better than what they had, what they did this year, where they only could go at the that one pace that they were in. They couldn't go. You mean like hurry up and stuff? hurry up. They couldn't do hurry up and then grind tempo their you know, run it off the clock because they couldn't run the ball as effectively as they wanted to. They couldn't slow the game down. It was just at the pace. Like, they had one gear and that was the only thing they could operate in. So getting up into up tempo or being able to slow down and shift gears into grind tempo where you get the ball back with 437 left on the clock and then just sit on it the entire game. Like th- that wasn't a strength of theirs, but that comes back to running the ball. But like those two things of being able to get match the running game to the running backs and the offensive line and be able to change tempo. Like those are the things that I want to see with the offense. But like I'm more optimistic than or I'm more curious than I am nervous this offseason because you trust Rocco to do a good job. You trust the coaching staff to make sure you develop them. You trust Shieldhouse to learn from his first season. That's what I was going to say, too. And you then trust the skill positions. Like, this is as good of a skill position group as Iowa State has probably ever had. I mean, you think, like, Allen, Hakeem, and David Montgomery, like, those three, and then, obviously, Charlie and Chase and Saner. Like, this is a pretty damn good group. This group is similar to that. I don't know if they have, I mean, Sama might be a, a guy by the time he's done, might be one of those dudes. But Higgins is a pro. I think Jalen Knowles a pro. I think Bramer's a pro. I think Sama's a pro. Who knows about Hanson by the time he's done? Uh, but like, 
Rocco is going to probably, I mean, if he, if he continues to progress, we'll get a shot somewhere. So like this offense is going to have a chance to be really, really good. So I'm more curious as to how they develop, not necessarily nervous as to what they develop into. I think too, that we saw early on, um, you know, she Austin Campbell kind of held the reins back on, on Rocco. Cause they weren't really sure what they were getting to be honest. You know, when the lights come on, some guys really shine and some guys kind of shy away from it. And so as the years went on, they saw this dude can, can ball. And so I, th- I think that, one full year of, of Rocco starting in the off season, um, you know, of, of Rocco growing and, and maturing. I think that I hope I shouldn't say, I think I hope that things kind of open up next year and they really just let him sling it around, let him, you know, call audibles of the line. If he needs to, we saw it a couple times, um, as the season went on that he did, he kept the ball for RPOs. I think early on in the season, Rocco could have kept some more of them. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say though, is that, um, not trying to dog him, I don't think anybody on the offensive line, I don't think anybody's job is safe. I think that we've got some some young guys coming in. I hope they bring in some guys in the portal and to get in the weight room and just really master the craft because um, that has been Iowa State's Achilles heel for a long time. I think Clanton is a really good coach, so I think he's going to get that you know get that group right. Um, but I think some changes need to need to be made there. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily changes need to be I mean, changes improvements. Could, yeah, change, changes could also be like you get better, you know, like Boniface Hufford coming back is, is yeah, big. Hufford coming back and Boniface squats a little bit more. Like it could I thought be we're calling him Jim, 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 uh, uh-huh. Jimmy is going to squat a little. I mean, you could, the change is going to be made in whatever mechanism, but I think especially going into this, this next big 12, there's not really another, there's, there's no units on no defensive groups that really make you super nervous, you know, like Texas, so in the Texas Washington game, which I'm the only one that actually ended up watching that Texas Washington game be- between the three of us. I watched most of it. That's almost good enough. I watched. Yeah, I watched Thank the you. second half of the uh, first half. The second quarter. I watched basically yeah, second quarter. Uh, but anyway, so Texas playing Washington. Texas lost. Close game. Uh, but a, a team like Washington's a really bad matchup for them because they just throw it everywhere. They didn't even really care to run the ball. And Texas is really good at stopping the run because they have the best four defensive tackles in the conference. Their starters and their backups, best defensive tackles in the conference. There's no team like that now that Texas is leaving. And Oklahoma, if they were to leave, I think if you were to play next year's Oklahoma team now, I think Iowa State wins that. Everyone left. I don't want to say comfortable, but like they win that game. So like it's not, especially some of the Texas guys going to the NFL. So like it's not that you would lose them, but a matchup like Texas is bad for Iowa State running the ball because they are so good at stopping the run. There's no teams like that. Now that Texas and Oklahoma are gone, you add the four West, the West Coast schools, the, the Mountain West schools. Arizona is going to be a – their offense is fun. Like I watched the Oklahoma-Arizona bowl, uh, bowl game, and that most of Arizona's guys played. That offense is fun. I mean, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, Colorado, who knows what they're going to be because their whole team's going to – Trash. <laughs> their whole team's <laughs> turned over. Like it's another batch of transfers in. Uh, Arizona State – I think it's hit or miss, and it's pretty average. Utah is going to be physical, but then you look at the existing Big Twelve schools. Uh, there's no, there's nobody that's like, you know, we can't move, we can't, we can't run the ball physically against these guys like Texas has. So, what's stopping Iowa State from being an off like a top three to five offense in the league next year, based on what they have coming back if they're able to run the ball? Do you remember when Iowa State when we played? Were you on the team when we played Utah? We were talking about this. Killed. We already talked about this. Got killed. And they were doing pull-ups on the 
on the on the crossbars? No. Yeah, they were gonna pull from the crossbars, and then they, like, like wonkied one of them, and then like they had us. Oh, get your ladder out! You, you guys, crossbars run even now. Like you guys are gonna pull up on them. So I get out there and, and do the ladders. And like, well, you got you shifted it too much now. Like maybe you guys shouldn't be doing freaking pull ups on the on the crossbars, you dorks. Um, I was just looking at Iowa State's schedule quick. I don't think anything's stopping. Uh, to answer your question, I don't think anything's stopping Iowa State from contending because mm-hmm. even if you take out, even if next year's, if Texas and Oklahoma were in the conference next year, I'm not scared of either one of them. Right. They, they, they both look, look good teams. Look, look good this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously prestigious, but like Iowa State plays as far as conference games next year Utah, Houston, Kansas, West Virginia. Those are all away games. Houston's going to be better than because they've got Who they Will, Willie Fritz from Tulane. So nice. Houston's going to be better. Uh, so sorry, slow that one down. Yep, Utah, Utah, uh, going to be good. Always going to be good, and that's on the road. Yes, that's that's going to be a tough game. I want to go to that game. I heard Salt, Salt Lake City is beautiful. Salt Lake City is beautiful, uh, but Kyler Whittingham, like that is that is a physical. That is a, that's that game is a. They're in Iowa, aren't they? Huh? They're an Iowa type team. Um, not. I guess they've trended towards being an Iowa team. They're not quite their there yet. Their offense is better. They're, they off, they're, they're, and they're, I guess it'll be better with Cam Rising back, too. Yeah, so Cam Rising tore his ACL yeah. at the end of last year and didn't start playing until, like, week six this year, and then he got hurt again. Like, not with an ACL, but, like, sprain an ankle or something like that, and he missed the back, you know, three or four games. So he only played for, like, four games, but Cam Rising is, like, a dude. He's a really good quarterback. Utah's going to be a tough game, but that's going to be a rock fight. Like it is a fist fight. You're going to have to, I mean, that is going to be a hop in stadium, fun game, uh, but can still win, can win that game. Hopefully they're more like BYU um, at Houston. Probably. I mean, again, they're going to be better because Willie Fritz is a really good coach. Uh, depending on what time of year that's going to be, going to be potentially really hot, but it's playing in Texas, played in Texas before. Can uh, win. At, I put it in air quotes, at Kansas. I think the game will be at Arrowhead. Oh, cool. An Arrowhead game? Uh, I believe so because I think just because Kansas doesn't have a finished stadium. Oh, or they won't. got it, got it, got it. Okay. So, so bad uh, memories, but uh, bad me- cool, cool to play in Arrowhood. Yeah, cool to play in Arrowhood. Um, I did once, and uh, I was player of the game that week. Uh, nice uh, offense player. Yeah. Anyway, played there, played there twice. I played Kansas State twice there. I never played against Kansas State at, at home. I played against Kansas State away. Arrowhead, Arrowhead away. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, I hate Kansas State. Yeah. Anyway, um, but Kansas is going to be Kansas next year. I mean, it's basically going to be the same team. But they had a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, but they still have Lance Leipold. I mean, Cole yeah. has gone, and he's at Penn State now. And that, but they've, but got, they've got Daniels. They still got Neal. Daniels. They still got Devin Neal still there. As Highshaw, I think he's probably coming back. Their other running back. I mean, they're going to have guys, and their wide receivers are big, physical dudes. I mean, Kansas is going to be basically the same team this year as next year. So good win, but tough. West Virginia at West Virginia, tough Who knows? place to play. Who knows? Um, they, uh, they're this year, they were a lot better. They're going to lose some guys, but they have a quarterback who's probably the best running quarterback in the league. Uh, it's going to be dual threat guy again, can win. Uh, and then at home, Iowa State plays Texas Tech, which they're, I think they're rising, but can win. Like, there's nothing that Texas Tech is going to yeah. scare you with. Uh, Baylor trended in the wrong direction this year, but they just got a the Toledo quarterback transfer, who I think was a really good transfer. Rourke? No, that's, oh, that's Ohio. Uh, sorry, yeah, Ohio. Um, can't think of his name. But can win. Yep. At, it's at home. Uh, Kansas State. Can win. I mean, the, the Avery Johnson kid, I, I think this is going to be a little bit, for those that are um, tend to be more nervous of like, oh, this this kid's pretty good. Um, until you get a good amount, good enough amount of film, a quarterback that can run is going to make things look a lot easier than they actually are. 
So for like the first, so bowl game, he was all over the place. I mean, they won that game because of him. First two or three games next year, he's going to rip whoever they play apart. I don't care who it is. He's going to rip them apart. Game four, five, six. By the time you get to game four, five, six, we got film on you. We know what you like. We know what you don't like to do. We know your tendencies. where you like to scramble. We know when you like to scramble. We know what makes you like to scramble. We know where you like to throw it. So you end up then, he's going to have a pretty substantial regression from that at some point between game four and six. He's going to have a pretty substantial regression. And then the great ones get out of that regression. And they go back to dominating because they then adjust to the adjustments that someone else is making. So it depends on where you're going to catch him. I think he's going to end up being a fine quarterback, but next year is probably going to be a little bit up and down for him. But again, for Iowa State's purposes, can win. I think they lost quite a few people too. Kansas State. And they're transferring out a lot. Yep. But it's climbing and yep. hell of a coach. Yep. And then um, Cincinnati at home. Bo- I don't think booty so. cheeks. We're going to clap that ass, bro. Is Satterf- How does Satterfield... I mean, one, he shouldn't have got the job in the first place when they got rid of Fickle. I don't know who they could have gotten or who they could have kept. Maybe his like offensive coordinator. But boy, that was... Satterfield is not the right fit. I mean, he was he was really sitting at Louisville. He was almost going to get fired before taking the Cincinnati job. So I don't think Cincinnati is going to be any better. They're, you, they're, they might be the bottom of the conference next you year. Gene Chizik them, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. He might be the bottom. I think Cincinnati might be the bottom of the conference next year. Go and get that ass clapped. And then we play uh, UCF at home, hopefully in December. That's UCF? They just got Arkansas's quarterback, who is an absolute load. But And is John Reese Plumley? is he graduated? He, he must be gone because Arkansas's quarterbacks are now... Yeah, he's definitely not there. I don't know where. Transferring somewhere else. But, I mean, UCF, Gus Malzahn's a good coach. I mean, the thing with the Big 12 next year, like look, going through that schedule, there's a whole lot of teams that are somewhere between a B and an A-. minus. A whole lot of them. Well, then, and then you've got Iowa that... Iowa State or Iowa generally. I'm, I'm oh, saying, we're talking I'm, about the schedule. Yeah, Iowa that who, who knows, knows what offensive corner they're going to bring in, but they're I would probably bet run kind of a similar my, scheme. My guess is it's going to be Paul Christ. Yeah. Just because he coached with... Uh, Kirk for forever is part of the the same offensive scheme. He had a Joe Philbin is also named some toss around. Yeah, who is that uh, former Miami Dolphins coach? Yeah, and he's an offensive analyst or something for Ohio State right now. Yeah, so my guess is it's going to be Paul Chris, but and it's going to be more or less the same offense. But could they be better? Like, is Luke Lachey going to come back? And if Luke Lachey comes back, they have talented running backs. I think he's already said he is. S- Seth Anderson, I think, is their wide receiver number three or is, who, number whoever three is uh, Caleb Brown. Caleb Brown, yeah, dude can play. Ohio State kid, dude can play. Uh, so you have. How do we know he didn't get any balls past him this year? <laughs> when well, he did, he, he had a couple against Tennessee and dropped them both. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, but case the dropsies. Huh? Anyway, so like Iowa could be really good next year. Like, but they also could be the same freaking team, and they're gonna lose Cooper DeGene, They're gonna lose a couple of other guys to the NFL. So like, who knows what Iowa's gonna be? So like every team. It'll be in Iowa City too, which is a tough place to play. But every basically every team that Iowa State's gonna play, like for the most part, at least on paper going into it, is gonna be between like a B and an A minus, which it to me bodes well for Iowa state. If you can fix the things that you need to fix as far as get it, again, getting a run game consistent, being able to change tempo on offense and the defensively uh, get some pressure on the quarterback, being able to do that somehow, whether that's changing a scheme a little bit, whether that's getting uh, guys developing, you know, whoever uh, Ike Ziagu or Trent Jones or something like that, or, you know, on maybe one of those guys gets developed a little bit, and then get some depth at safety so that you can rotate guys out or you can withstand injuries a little bit better. If you do that, who are you scared of on this schedule? There's no, you have to respect everybody because anybody, anyone on there outside of maybe Cincinnati and maybe Houston, depending on how Willie Fritz gets the team going, are teams that you're like, could win this game, could lose this game. And so 
if you button up your P's and Q's, you're going to be fine. So like going into the season, you return 20 out of 22 starters, 20, 19 out of 22, depending on how you consider it. So it's Easton Dean, Gary Vaughn, and TJ Tampa are really the three guys that you're going to lose. So depending on if you count who was a starter. Uh, so you return most of your starters, most of your skill guys, most of your 2D pretty much everywhere. So like this team's going to be good. It's, it's going to be fun to see in the, in the offseason what happens and how much better they get. The, the other two um, games on Iowa State's schedule, op- they open with um, North Dakota. I don't know anything about them. They're, they're, I mean, they're a good FCS team. And then um, Arkansas State. I think, I think Iowa State has a home-and-home home with Arkansas State. I think, yeah, I think they go to Arkansas State, not next year, but the year after that. Yeah, it's kind of silly. But the, uh, Arkansas State had... Uh, is, that, is that in southern Arkansas? McIlvain. Or like northern Arkansas, I mean. If, or if Arkansas State's in northern Arkansas, that'd be pretty country. I'm not sure where it's at. They, they uh, McIlvain transferred there, the guy from you and I. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I, right? Is he still there? I mean, the kid's been playing for like eight years. Or, or am, I, am I thinking of... Uh, I'm thinking Jackson Daly, the kid from Southeast Polk. Oh, Southeast Polk kid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go Rams, right? Yeah, go Rams. Always. So that'd be, that'd be kind of cool seeing him. Uh, do you want to talk about basketball at all? Uh, we can. Um... I didn't. I haven't really watched any of like kind of the get me over games. Hassan Hassan Ward came back. That's cool. He looked good too, man. Uh, he's bouncy. He's he is he's I think your best defensive post. He's as far as like offense, he's going to be probably mostly like your jump ball guy. Like you're going to be able to get him a dunk or anything like quick around the rim. You're going to score eight points a game, but he's going to have like three blocks, two steals, and then be able to you know get seven or eight rebounds or something like that. Like real just make life hard on the defensive end for the opposing post. And I'm excited to see because is, is the next game the Houston game? No, the next game is at Oklahoma. At Oklahoma, when is uh, that? Saturday. Okay. Iowa State is projected to, right now in the ESPN, the matchup predictor is given Iowa State a 57.5%, which doesn't really mean much, percent chance to win. I don't I don't really know what to think of this team. Oklahoma or Iowa State? Both. I, I think Oklahoma is vastly overrated. They haven't played anybody. The only team they played is North Carolina, and they got smoked. Smoked. Yeah. I think it's a good chance for Iowa State to knock them off. Mm-hmm. But I could also say I, I think it'll be a close game regardless. But I, I'm not convinced Oklahoma is good. But I'm also not convinced Iowa State is fourth in the net or whatever it is because they've just been crushing these teams, you know. In the well, and knockout. I think the, the like the net and uh, the the ratings carry over from last year too, like yep. a little bit. And so they were a tournament team, so you're going to get a bump up. Um, no, I think the the interesting part about the Big Twelve is because it's such a freaking fist fight every single week. Like you're not going to know who's good until maybe six or eight games into the big 12, because you're going to have to fist fight each other and who keeps surviving these fist fights. That's going to be the, you know, that's going to be the team. Like you look at the top, what is, how many teams are ranked in the top 25, six? I mean, just to open the schedule, Iowa opens with, Iowa State opens with number 11, Oklahoma, and then number three, Houston. And then they got number 12, BYU. Um, two games after that, number two, Kansas, number 18, Baylor, number 20, Texas, who they're, I think, Point guard just towards ACL, Ooh. not not Tyrese Hunter. Ooh. And then Houston again, Oklahoma, and then BYU again. So there was at least five teams ranked yeah, with TC, TCU and Iowa State receiving votes. So you have like of the top twenty-five, let's call it top thirty when you include in votes. Seven to eight of them are Big Twelve teams. Well, I don't I don't think that you know these obviously aren't finalized because you know like you you look at um, like TCU, Iowa State, and TCU are both eleven and two. Mm-hmm. Kansas State's nine and three. So like like both of those, all the teams could be like could be ranked. Cincinnati's eleven and two. Texas Tech eleven and two. Um, so I mean, we, a lot of a lot of teams in the Big Twelve, UCF nine and three. A lot of teams in the Big Twelve are like right on the cusp. Well, by this time next week, we would have seen them play a Big Twelve game, and hopefully talking to Fran. 
for Chilla, yeah. not Bibby, not McCaffrey. The, the fun frame. No, I don't want to talk to Fran McCaffrey. Um, gives a shit what he says. Only thing I was going to say before we get going. Uh, so Goldfinch Athletics, we have we promoted it last kind of at the uh, end of last year. We have our DMPS program going, which or it's, uh, starts on January 24th. We've already got 23 signups for the junior high program and 13 signups for the elementary program, which is, again, for those that aren't sure, it's free for you. And we are managed able to pay our staff to actually get there. Uh, it's through Des Moines Public Schools Community Education, able to do our speed and acceleration training to help junior high kids both have fun with training, but also learn how to lift before they get to school. And then the elementary school kids just have a good relationship with exercise. So they actually want to do it and continue to want to do it and get a little bit better, a little bit faster. Uh, so that, if you wanted to sign up for that, it's uh, dmschools.org and then go to community education, find anything Goldfinch Athletics. So Goldfinch Speed, Goldfinch Speed Rookies or Goldfinch Speed Junior High. So any one of those, any, if you just type in Goldfinch or you just look for Goldfinch, you'll find it. Uh, so Des Moines Public Schools signups are valid through January 23rd, but don't wait because guarantee yourself a spot, but it's going anyway, to fill up. It's, it is, it's going to be super, super fun. So anyway, we got 23 signups for the junior high, 13 signups for the elementary schools, hoping to fill that up a little bit more because it's free for you and it's high quality stuff. Same stuff that's good enough for Alan Lazard and Riley Moss. Good enough for your kids. I wish I had that growing up. I'm sure we did, but I didn't know what a dumbbell or a barbell was growing up. I get to Iowa State. And, Never tell. Yeah. get to, get to Iowa State and weighing 142 <laughs> pounds and. <laughs> I was like, <sighs> so okay. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, like I said, hopefully, still got to lock it in. We got to get the logistics down, but Fran for sure. Yeah. So thanks again for all the loyal listeners who are still listening. And as always, remember, adopt. Do not shop. <laughs>